This is a Locker Room Production. Hello and welcome. This is Talk the Plank, Episode 6, a Pittsburgh Pirates podcast on SB Nation's Bucks Dugout. I'm Nathan Hirsch, live on Locker Room, the Locker Room app. And uh, we're here today to recap the Pirates Brewers series. Pirates won two out of three. They are now seven and nine on the year. Really solid road series victory and uh, a lot of stuff to dive into. A lot of positives in this series. Pirates won today over the Brewers in 10 innings. We got our first taste of extra innings baseball. and the Pirates broke a 12-game extra innings losing streak. They had lost 12 straight extra inning games before today's win with the funky man on second base extra innings rule. I don't really like it that much. I can get into that a little bit later. But Pirates won 6-5 to five today um, after losing last night 7-1. to one. And then on Friday night, they won 6-1. to one. So... We could begin with Friday night's game. Um, a lot of positives. JT Brubaker, we could start with him. Six innings pitched. The first Pirate to go six this season. He had eight strikeouts. He looked really good. And uh, the Pirates scored some runs. They hit some home runs, which with this offense, I enjoy watching this offense, but in the last pod I said there's not a lot of power. Friday night, though, they were able to hit some home runs. Gregory Polanco hit a home run, as did – who else hit a home run that game? Colin Moran. Colin Moran actually had two home runs in the series, and we'll get to him in a little bit as well. Uh, six to one there, JT Brubaker. Like I said, eight strikeouts, only four hits given up, only one run given up. No walks. That's the big thing. No walks. He probably could have went longer, 83 pitches. Pirates are slowly building up their starters, and um, just a really great start Friday night for Brew Baker. Right now, he's looking like probably the best starter on this team thus far into the season. And then, of course, the bullpen shut it down Friday night. No runs allowed in the final three innings. They have been solid from the beginning of the season. This bullpen has looked really solid, and uh. Friday night, it was a solid win for the Pirates. Saturday, not solid. They got pretty much blown up in the first inning. Uh, Trevor Cahill struggled. He gave up a bunch of runs in the first two innings, seven runs actually. Um, he lasted four, gave up six earned, eight hits, five strikeouts, one, uh, one walk. Not great, but I will say there was a big Twitter, Pirates Twitter argument of whether or not Trevor Cahill should or should should not be getting innings, should should or should not be pitching. I think right now, I mean, it's too early to take him out of the rotation completely. He had two terrible starts, one solid start. The thing with him is he's getting bapped to death. Opponents BAPIP against Cahill is 462, which is just, I mean, that's an insane number so far. That's not going to last. Uh, he'll be better. His ERA right now looks terrible. It does 9.69, but 
On the other hand, his XFIP 270, he, uh, I mean, he's getting unlucky out there. There's no other way to put it. According to F4, Trevor Cahill leads the team. So take that for what you will. He definitely does not need to come out of the rotation anytime soon, in my opinion. And uh, the luck will turn for him. Yesterday looked ugly, though. I mean, the Brewers just hits after hits. Uh, and they all just fell in. The bullpen, though, looked good yesterday. Sean Poppin made his Pirates debut, and he looked pretty solid. He was terrible in spring training, I know that. But once again, spring training does not matter one bit. Two innings yesterday, he gave up two hits, and he struck out two. And uh, to be honest, I really had not seen Poppin pitch before, before yesterday. And pretty solid stuff. Uh, mid-90s fastball the slider kind of Kyle Crick-esque big loopy frisbee like slider um like Crick starts on one end of the plate against righties on the inside and fades all the way to the outside really solid pitch he looked good and then Clay Holmes as well pitched two innings uh both guys obviously in mop-up roles but once again pretty solid two innings from Cahill and he uh, struck out two, only gave up one hit. Pirates lost, though, 7-1 to Saturday. Today, extra innings. This was a pretty exciting game. Um, the Brewers got out to an early lead. Chad Cool started, and in typical Chad Cool fashion, first inning was a nightmare. He gave up two runs, uh, gave up a home run to... Daniel Vogelbach, who actually had two home runs today. He was mashing. Threw 31 pitches in the first inning. Everything looked terrible. But Cole settled in pretty nicely. Um, five innings total. Gave up three earned runs. Struck out six. And let me see here. Did he Did he walk anybody? He definitely walked some people. Only one walk. Only one walk from Cole. And he gave up two home runs. But for Chad Cole, I mean, today is definitely a step forward for him. After the first few starts, he had f- or first three starts, he had 15 walks in his first three starts. Only one walk today, six strikeouts. He did give up the three runs in five innings. He did start really terribly, but he settled in, gave the Pirates a chance to win. And then, once again, the bullpen was pretty solid. Sam Howard uh, got two outs. David Bettnar got an out. They didn't give up any runs. Chris Stratton, uh, he pitched an inning, gave up a two-run home run to Vogelbach. Like I said, he had two home runs. Stratton gave up the two-run dinger, which allowed Milwaukee to tie the game at five at the time. But, I mean, that'll happen. Overall, though, the bullpen was solid in five innings, only gave up those two runs. Kyle Crick, a scoreless inning with a strikeout, no walks for him, only 10 pitches thrown. Great. Rich Rod. Richard Rodriguez, the closer of this team, two innings. He pitched a scoreless ninth and then came on in the 10th with the extra innings roll with a guy starting on second base to begin the inning. He got Vogelbach to fly out. He got uh, Avisil Garcia to also fly out, and he struck out Travis Shaw to end the game. I think we could start talking about, is Richard Rodriguez like a top closer in the MLB? 
maybe not quite yet, but I definitely think he's he's above average, and he has not given up a run so far this season. The big thing in this series for the Pirates' offense, I mean, Friday night, they hit some home runs. They won the game. Saturday, only one run scored. They were silenced by Brett Anderson and Bull, the Brewers' bullpen as a whole. Today, though, two more home runs. Colin Moran went deep, as did Brian Reynolds. And Brian Reynolds, if uh, if you haven't seen his home run yet, it was just a majestic shot. He got a fastball right down the middle on a 3-2 count. Pulled it into right. Just a moonshot. Great swing. Exit velocity, 110 miles an hour or so, I believe. 436 feet. It was just a perfect home run. A perfectly aesthetic, just bomb into right field. Uh, that gave the Pirates a 5-3 lead at the time. But uh, yeah, extra innings. Colin Moran started it off with the man on second. He hit a double. On the day, he was two for five. He hit a three-run homer, and that double drove in four runs. All six runs in this game were driven in by the three-four in the lineup. Brian Reynolds hit a two-run shot, and Moran had the four RBIs. And uh, solid day from both of them. Now on the season, Brian Reynolds, it's still early, obviously. We are now about a tenth of the way into the season. Brian Reynolds, though, he's hitting 317, 397 on base percentage, 483 slugging. You'll take that all day. Colin Moran, 298 average, 385 on base with a 579 slugging percentage. And uh, I asked this question on Twitter, kind of half jokingly, but also kind of serious. And uh, I just want to say public apology. From me to Colin Moran, when he first became a pirate, obviously Moran was involved in the Garrett trade or Garrett Cole trade. Pirates sent Cole to Houston for Moran, Musgrove, Joe Musgrove, who obviously now is a Padre. The Pirates also got Jason Martin and Michael Fleas, but hated the trade. Obviously, everyone did. Right now, I mean, it's not looking as terrible as it once did, and Colin Moran is good. He's at first base. Um, it's really nice to see a first baseman with the ability to make simple throws to second, and you don't have to, uh, you know, hold your breath every time a ground ball is hit to him and a throw needs to be made. He looks pretty comfortable at first base. There's been a few picks that he hasn't uh, dug out, but, I mean, that'll happen to any first baseman. He had a few nice picks today, though, Moran did, and uh, he looks pretty solid at first base. He's 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 kind of a solid player right now. And the question that I was going to ask that I put out on Twitter is, are we sure Colin Moran's not the best first baseman in the National League Central? I mean, you look at it so far this season, he has been up to this point. He's been better than Anthony Rizzo of the Cubs. He's been better than Paul Goldschmidt of the Cardinals. Those are the two obvious ones that you would probably say are still better ballplayers than Colin Moran. Haven't been so far this year, but then you look at uh, the Brewers. They don't really have 
an everyday first baseman type. I guess you could say uh, Vogelbach is. I would take Moran over him. Sometimes Keston Hira plays first base, but he's not the everyday guy. And then Joey Votto on the Reds. Kind of washed up. I mean, not completely washed up, but I would take Colin Moran over Joey Votto at this point in his career all day. So I think the question begs, is Colin Moran, are we sure that he's not the best first baseman in this division? It's a fair question to ask. And he has been this season by far. Actually, before today's game started, Moran was sixth in F-War, Fangraph's war, among all first basemen in the whole entire majors in the MLB. Colin Moran, before today's game, 0.4 F-War. That's probably going to go up a little bit. And, um, I mean, if you look at it, the BAPIP's a little high. It's 400. That's probably... Probably not going to last, but, well, 400 before today's game. Uh, That's not going to last, but I really like his approach. Um, The real change with Colin Moran happened last season. In 2020, I wrote about it then, Colin Moran, uh, he was hitting the ball harder. He was making hard contact way more often than he ever had in his career. The problem last year, he hit home runs, yes, but he still hit a lot of ground balls. This season, though, he's still making hard contact. Uh, Before today's game, his hard hit rate was 45.5%, and uh, that's obviously elite. His ground ball rate so far this season is only 27.3%, okay? His career ground ball rate, 45.4%. That's high. The thing that Moran is doing this season, and I believe Alex Stump pointed this out on Twitter, Alex Stump of DK Sports. Colin Moran is hitting the ball the other way a lot this year, and I like that approach because when a hitter hits the ball the other way, not trying to pull it, they are more they're more likely to hit the ball in the air. So with Moran, he's hitting the ball hard. He's strong, obviously. Um he just needs to consistently get the ball in the air. And if he's doing that by hitting the ball the other way, perfect. If these numbers keep up, I mean Colin Moran, I wouldn't be surprised by at the end of the season, perhaps he's hitting, you know, 280, getting on base at a 360 clip, slugging over 500 with 30 or so home runs. If that's the case, I mean, that would be great for the Pirates to have a, a guy that basically fills Josh Bell's 2019 production while also being able to field well. That's a win for the Pirates if that can uh, continue. But yeah, the ground ball rate before today's game, 27.3%. He had never had a ground ball rate below 40% before this season. And uh, like I said last year, his hard hit rate jumped from in seasons past. He jumped it up from about 35 to 40%, which was great. That was great for him last year. But last year, he still hit ground balls over half the time, 56.3%. As we know. Ground balls are bad. You want to hit fly balls. First and foremost, you want to hit the ball hard, but you also want to hit fly balls 
hard hit fly balls. Colin Moran is doing that. So we'll see uh, how long that continues. I mean, the numbers this year, like I said, they're just solid. And he has four home runs on the year. Um, and we're about 10% through the season. And Pirates are 7-9, and nine, so they're exactly on that kind of 70 and 92, 71 and 91 type of pace, which if you told Pirates fans that before the season, they would take that gladly, this team winning 70, 70 games. We'll see, though. Um, looking at the schedule moving forward, the Pirates, who do they have? They will they have an off day tomorrow, which uh, – it's pretty – they haven't had an off day in a while, so good for them. Uh, Tuesday, they will be at Detroit. And looking at some of these pitching matchups, they have three at Detroit. Tuesday, uh, April 20th, they will be facing Michael Fulmer of the Tigers, who 12 innings so far this season. Uh, he's given up four earned, so he's been all right. Pitching-wise, or pitching matchup-wise, the Pirates have Tyler Anderson. So I'd say that's pretty much a wash in terms of pitching matchup. On Wednesday, Mitch Keller, who will try to bounce back yet again. We kind of talked about him last pod, about his struggles and what the Pirates are really going to do with him. He will face off against Tariq Skubal, who I have never heard of in my life. But he has been pretty terrible. Looking at his stats, 13.1 innings pitched. And he's given up nine earned runs, 10 runs total, four home runs, 12 strikeouts to nine walks. So if you're a betting man, Wednesday, you might want to take the over because Mitch Keller has been erratic. And the guy they're facing doesn't look to be that good either. Thursday afternoon game uh we'll have jt brubaker again and he will be facing jose urane urane ra excuse me uh urania he has struggled too 14 two-thirds innings pitched he's given up nine earned runs as well 10 total runs 17 strikeouts pretty solid but he has also struggled with control 11 walks I think the Pirates have a pretty solid chance of winning another road series against the Tigers. Um, So we'll see. I like the pitching matchups there. We'll see what they can do. Right now, the Tigers are 6-9. and They're currently playing with the Athletics. It's 2-2. I'm just kind of looking at that as well. Some good news as well for the Pirates. Brian Hayes on Tuesday will be returning to the alternate site. Uh, he took some live BP the other day, maybe yesterday. So hopefully within the next week, Brian Hayes returns to the team. And, I mean, we've been talking about it. You put Brian Hayes in this lineup with, you know, Philip Evans. He struggled this series, but he uh, he still – I mean, he's still hitting well. He only had one hit in the series, but you put Brian Hayes in the lineup, keep Phillip Evans in the lineup, Brian Reynolds hitting well, Colin Moran, as I touched on, is hitting very well. His lineup's not too bad. Um, so that'll be exciting to see. 
I would keep Eric Gonzalez in the lineup as well instead of Kevin Newman. Kevin Newman today actually pinch hits, and he had a few at-bats, two at-bats. He was one for two, and he walked, so good for him. But Eric Gonzalez has been pretty okay this season. Um, He had two hits today, including a double on the season now. Eric Gonzalez is hitting 267 with uh, that home run, like I said. 267, he doesn't walk, 283 on base, and the slugging is 422. I'll take that over Kevin Newman, though. If he's hitting eighth, your lineup's not that terrible. And kind of like we were talking about last pod, put Brian Reynolds in center field, Phillip Evans in left. Gregory Polanco and right, obviously Polanco struggled today, but he did hit that home run on Friday night. So two home runs for Polanco on the season. Um, Brian Reynolds, though, I will say a few solid plays in center field today. He uh, he's not the fastest guy in the world, but it does really seem like he gets great jumps and is able to uh, get to most balls in center field. Probably not the best fielding center fielder, but if he's average with that bat, middle of the order, he'll take that every day. Um, Adam Frazier continues to hit. He only had one hit today, but he is still hitting over 300, getting on base at a 400 clip. And the slugging, surprisingly, he had a few doubles this series. The slugging's at 458, which you'll take that all day. This lineup doesn't look terrible. Not at all, especially with Hayes coming back soon. Um, I will say, though, the bench the bench is pretty dreadful. There's, there's no other way to put it. Newman continues to struggle. I will say that he's a bench guy moving forward, at least when Hayes gets back. Michael Perez, backup catcher, uh, he got the start today. 0 for 4, struck out twice. He did walk once, but... He's hitting 0-63 on the year. I think he's like one for something team. He only has one hit this year. Um, Defoe, he's probably their best bench guy at this point, honestly. He had that home run. He also has a triple this year. He was 0 for 1 with a strikeout today. Anthony Alford continues to struggle, although he does have two hits this year. Um but he pinched it today and struck out as well. He has a million strikeouts in just about 25 or so at-bats. So Alford, not really that great. The bottom of this roster is pretty bad. It really is. But, you know, other guys might get some chances here soon at the alternative site, or I'm not sure if they're actually at the alternative site, but there's other guys. There's Cole Tucker. He's probably chomping at the bit to get to the majors. Jared Oliva, the outfielder. There's definitely some spots to be taken on this team right now at the bottom of the roster with the struggles of Dustin Fowler, who he started today's game. He had two plate appearances before he was pinch hit for, and uh, he got out and also walked once, so that's kind of a positive. But like I said, Oliva, Cole Tucker, um, they're probably – they're probably waiting here for their opportunities. And 
I would guess that those opportunities are probably coming soon just because, like I said, the bottom of this roster is just dreadful. There's really no other way to put it. Um, I want to talk about Matt Caps. He's the new voice in the booth for the Pirates. New color guy. Um, it's him. You know, you still got Bob Walk. You still got John Wayner. Haven't heard the fort in a while, but he's he's done some games this season. Michael McHenry. Among color guys, I think Matt Caps might be the best already. Um, he seems relaxed, has a pretty solid voice, makes good points, seems comfortable. It's not awkward to listen to him at all. I have really enjoyed uh, listening to Matt Caps call games. And today, him and Greg Brown were getting pretty silly in the booth, talking about his jackets, talking about nicknames for these guys, B-Ray and Simo for Colin Moran. A phrase. I don't know. Talking about it now, it's kind of stupid, but <laughs> I enjoyed listening to Matt Caps. He has been a solid addition to the broadcast booth. And I mean, yeah. Looking at this team still, like I said, Trevor Cahill, he's not going anywhere. He's striking out hitters. It's kind of nice. Um, he just got unlucky in two starts. If you look at the, uh, exit velo that he's given up i mean it's not it's not as high as you would think um he's just he's just been getting bapipped to death like i said so he'll be fine um i'm excited to see what mitch keller does in his next start against the tigers like i touched on we'll see what he we'll see if he can count or uh, bounce back uh, Brubaker, solid. Tyler Anderson, he's just there to eat innings. Um, started today, Chad Cool. Struggled early. It should be said that perhaps uh, whenever Steven Brault gets back, whenever that may be, it might still be another month or two. I'm not really sure. He was on the broadcast Saturday night as well, and he he was pretty good as well. He was singing. It was pretty funny to watch. But whenever he gets back, I, I'm i advocating for the Stephen Brault opener. Give me three or four innings from Brault, and then you piggyback him with Chad Cole. Cole gives you three or four innings as well, and that that's your hybrid two-man piggyback starter. I think that would be a uh, solid saw the plan because Cole does he struggles in the first inning kind of touched on it in the last pod I mean he he comes out firing and when he has it he has it his fastball mid to mid to high 90s the slider looks good he, had, he even tossed in a few curveballs today and got some calls um, but when he's ramped up he just kind of gets in his head perfect example today i said he only walked one hitter and ironically the hitter he walked was brewers pitcher uh freddie peralta and first pitch fastball high you could tell from that pitch he kind of got in his head he got in his own head it was a first pitch fastball he missed high second pitch he missed high third pitch he missed again and then the, he walked the pitcher on four pitches and 
Peralta, I mean, kind of Jedi mind tricked him, if you want to say that. He had no interest in even standing there in a batting stance. He was just standing in the batter's box, and Cole could not, for the life of him, find the strike zone. Strike zone, And uh, he was walked on four pitches. I believe it was his first career walk. After that, though, Cole kind of bounced right back and got Jackie Bradley Jr. to end the inning. So it kind of comes and goes. Caps on the broadcast today said, uh, whenever you have elbow surgery, Tommy John, like Cole did, I, I believe you had Tommy John, but whenever you have elbow surgery in general, sometimes it's hard to consistently find your stuff. And sometimes you kind of, you have it and then you don't. And Cole, I would say this was his best start of the year. And he settled in. The first inning was rough, but he settled in and he fought through five innings. And he kept the Pirates in the game. And that's really all you can ask for from your starter. So starting rotation-wise, I mean, I'm – it's not the best rotation, obviously. But if Brubaker can take that step forward and kind of be like a really solid middle-of-the-rotation guy – I think that's a win. If Keller, it's a process. It's gonna, it might take a while, but if he shows flashes of that start when he was dotting the fastball at the top of the zone against the Cubs and throwing the slider real nice, I mean, we'll see. He has top of the rotation stuff. We'll just see if he can utilize it moving forward. Anderson and Cahill, there to eat innings. Chad Cool. He's kind of the wild card. One game, he might throw seven innings with ten strikeouts, perhaps. Well, maybe six innings, ten strikeouts. I don't want to, I don't want to uh, exaggerate there. But and then another start, he'll walk seven guys. So he's the wild card of the rotation. At some point this season, we will see uh, Miguel Yaher. We will see Cody Ponce. We might see some Will Crow. We might see um, Cody. Did I say Cody Bolton? Cody Bolton. There's other guys. So there. I mean, it's it's back to being 162 games. You need more than five starters. You need, you know, eight, nine, ten starting pitchers to get through a season. So a bunch of other guys will get chances, and um, the rotation's all right. It's probably below average at this point, but it's. It's not 50 wins bad, 50 win, fifty wins in 162 games bad. And then, like I said, too, the bullpen is nice. Rich Rod, if uh, the Pirates want to trade him at the deadline and get, get some pieces back, I think they will be able to. He is an asset on this team. Um, Kyle Crick as well. I mean, the, the walks are still an issue, but today, a clean inning. The fastball is back, sitting sitting at 93, 94 miles an hour. The slider looks really good, spinning like crazy. He's solid. David Bednar, fan favorite, Pittsburgh guy, looks to be pretty solid. Sam Howard, he gets strikeouts. I don't know how. The slider is actually, his slider looks nice as well from the left side, and uh, he sits in the mid-90s. Pretty solid. Clay Holmes, even. I talk crap on Clay Holmes. 
he's pitched nine innings this year and he he's been pretty good yeah he's given up seven runs but um the era is seven but the xfip is 326 so i think you got blown up one or two times but nine innings i mean he's decent the bullpen's nice uh luis oviedo i like him as well the young dude He's gotten touched up a bit in past few starts, but there's a lot to be excited about with this team, I would say, though. Going into the season, it looked bleak. They, you know, you looked at the lineup. It didn't look good. Everyone was coming off terrible seasons, except Colin Moran, basically. But it didn't look great. Uh, The rotation, you kind of had hoped that Mitch Keller would be the guy. I'm sure we didn't really have super high expectations for JT Brubaker. It didn't really look great. And then the bullpen has just pretty much been a, it's been a pleasant surprise. I I didn't mention uh, Dwayne Underwood Jr. He's been solid as well. 298 ERA thus far in 9.1 innings. The XFIP is 346, but he's been solid. Um, Overall, though, I kind of touched on this last pod. This team is a lot more fun to watch than I previously thought they would be. Coming into the season, I mean, it was was basically Cabrian Hayes or bust. Cabrian Hayes was the only reason to tune into this team. Hayes gets gets hurt in the, the second game of the season. Hasn't played since, but 16 games in. They're fun to watch. Colin Moran has been really good. Brian Reynolds is hitting again. Adam Frazier is hitting. Philip Evans, pleasant surprise. Eric Gonzalez, even a slightly, slight pleasant surprise. Not really, but he's been okay. Gregory Polanco is searching. Gregory Polanco, he was 0 for 5 today with two more strikeouts, but it still kind of seems like he's a solid eye. And he's at least drawing some walks. And, you know, if Gregory Polanco hits 210 but still gets on base at about, you know, a 330 clip and hits you 20 home runs, slugs maybe 430, you'll take that all day. Um, so we'll see. Seven and nine is what this team is. They're now three and six on the road. They got swept by the Reds, obviously. And, Lost two of three at Wrigley, but you look at this Brewers team, this Brewers team has playoff aspirations. Every team in the National League Central has playoff aspirations. If you're taking two of of three on the road against one of these NL Central teams, I mean, they're not good. The Brewers aren't good, but they have a chance to win this crappy division. So, solid, a real solid series win I would say for the Pirates and I mean I don't want to get excited I don't think the Pirates are I still don't think they're gonna at the end of the day be good but also I mean they're not super terrible and there have been some fun things that have happened this season that It hasn't been terrible to watch. 
So we'll see what happens. They're at the Tigers. After the Tigers, they are at the Twins. That'll be a good test. Six more on the road before they return home. Host two with Kansas City. And then host three against St. Louis. That'll be the first time seeing St. Louis. And then they're on the road again at San Diego at the Cubs. So we'll see what happens here. Uh, Very excited to see Brian Hayes get back. Although, the thing with Hayes is he hits well, obviously, but he's more known for the glove. And he is already, scouts see him as a gold glove perennial finalist, perennial gold glove finalist year in year in and year out. That's that's kind of what is expected. But there have been some pretty solid plays made by third baseman in his absence. Uh, Eric Gonzalez made a few real nice plays today. Philip Evans is decent enough at third base, and you can plot him anywhere, basically, on this team in the field, except probably shortstop and catcher, I would imagine. Philip Evans can't pitch, though. That has been confirmed earlier. But, yeah, when Hayes gets back, that's just another guy. Uh, the lineup will be pretty okay. Pretty okay. And um, pretty excited to see what this team does moving forward. I think that's a good place to wrap it up, though, today on Talk the Plank. I'm here on Locker Room, the Locker Room app. It's a solid app, very fun, very fun to interact with people. And uh, you can leave comments. You could speak if you wanted, if you were in the room. Um, It's a very fun app, Locker Room app. I had never heard of it before starting this podcast, and um, it's, it's cool. This is Talk the Plank. I'm Nathan Hirsch. Follow me on Twitter at Nathan underscore Hirsch, H U R S H. Is how you spelled Hirsch. Follow Bucks Dugout on Twitter as well, at Bucks Dugout. That's all one thing. And uh, we'll be back Thursday after the conclusion of the uh, Pirates-Tigers series. I will say, doing these podcasts at the end of uh, games, I've been pretty lucky. I have not had to do one night podcast yet. Every series ending game has been a day game, so that's pretty nice. But uh, we'll be back Thursday afternoon. That's another afternoon game. Talk the plank here on SB Nation's Bucks Dugout. Once again, I'm Nathan Hirsch. Two raisins in three days. You love to see it. The Pirates started one and six. Since then, they are six and three. Pretty solid. You'll take that. I didn't really think there would be that many six and three stretches this season. And uh, the fact that the Pirates are kind of in the midst of one right now is solid. Kudos to Derek Shelton. Kudos to Oscar Marine, the pitching coach, for uh, getting some of these guys to be pretty solid. Kudos to the hitting coach as well. I think it's Rick Eckstein. Pirates don't have much power, but when they hit home runs, they'll win some games. And they do have guys that can hit for contact. So if they sneak in a home run or two, voice crack, 
uh, they sneak in a home run or two every game. They'll win some games. So we'll see. Thanks, as always, for joining in. And uh, enjoy the rest of your afternoon or morning or day, depending on when you're listening. Thanks again, as always. Peace.